the Pirates pick up their first spring training victory of the spring of 2023. And we'll have some takeaways from the first couple games of spring training on today's live edition of Locked on Pirates. You are Locked on Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Locked On Pirates podcast. I am, of course, your host, Ethan Smith, host of the Locked On Pirates podcast, where it is your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates, every single day. And on today's show, we are live, so we will be getting, hopefully, some comments from people tuning in here on YouTube, Twitter, and anywhere else you can find this podcast. Of course, the audio version of this will be up after the live is over. Um, We are three games through spring training thus far. And if one thing is clear, the number seven apparently is going to be synonymous with this Pittsburgh team for uh, the entire year. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, They start spring training with a nine to seven loss against the Toronto Blue Jays. Then they lose nine to seven to the Philadelphia Phillies. And they picked up their first victory of spring training against the Baltimore Orioles today, which was a game that had its interesting parts to it. Of course, uh, the last half inning of the game uh, for the Pittsburgh Pirates was played without uh, umpires because the game was indeed over. But the Orioles wanted to see more out of their pitcher that they had in there at the end. So we got to see umpireless baseball, something a lot of people might want to see in the future. But there are some things to take away from the first couple games. Of course, The first takeaway of spring training games is the records do not matter. The wins and losses do not matter. But looking at the player performance for certain players does matter. And if we take a look game by game here, we start with the first one. And I will say I have been able to watch highlights of these games, but I have not been able to watch them in full uh, due to having work during these games. So hopefully you guys jumping in on the live will be able to give your takeaways as well. But again, that 9-7 to loss to Toronto was how they kicked off spring training. Of course, one of the big highlights of that game was the Rodolfo Castro Grand Slam in the third inning. Uh, Rodolfo Castro, of course, we know he's probably going to be and more than likely going to be the starting second baseman for this Pittsburgh Pirates team to begin the year. But as I said on my 2023 uh, season preview series about Rodolfo Castro and the episode that we had dedicated to him, he has the potential to be a starting second baseman for this team. But there are guys like a Nick Gonzalez who had a very good outing today for the Pittsburgh Pirates against uh, Baltimore and like guys like Leo Piguero or Jerry Triolo that are going to eventually knock on the door. But in the first game, he homers the center, scores Connor Joe, scores Jiwan Bay, and scores O'Neal Cruz. You'd like to see that. Um, also in that first game, uh, Mitch Keller had a very good start under his belt. Of course, only two innings, but two strikeouts, only one hit allowed over those two innings. Uh, Rowanzi Contreras then followed with an earned run. We're just kind of recapping these spring training games. But One of my big takeaways so far is the pitching has looked okay um, in the areas that you want it to. Contreras, of course, did allow the earned run, but he only pitched one inning. So obviously his ERA in the spring is going to be inflated right now. Luis Ortiz looked very good today. Also, he followed suit 
with Mitch Keller, who had the two scoreless innings. And then you look at the other names. Chase DeYoung, of course, had a scoreless inning in that first game. Uh, Daniel Zamora, I believe, is his name. I may have gotten his first name wrong. Yeah, Daniel Zamora. Um, he ended up having a scoreless inning in that first game as well. Um, and a couple other guys have had scoreless innings so far throughout the spring. So we'll focus on the pitching a little bit. In the second game, we got to see, I believe it was JT Brubaker who started. And he had five strikeouts in those two innings, but he did allow two runs and three hits. Uh, Johan Ramirez had a tough outing against Philadelphia with three earned runs. Tyler Chatwood as well. After that, though, things got better. Uh, you saw Perdomo, Majinski, Will Crow. They did some okay things. Jose Hernandez did some good things as well. And then, of course, in the Baltimore Orioles game today, uh, I already mentioned Luis Ortiz did very well. We all know the name Luis Ortiz. He jumped through the prospect rankings pretty quickly last year. He even got a cup of coffee with this team last year, and he has a chance to be a part of this team this year, but we'll see how the rest of his spring continues to follow suit. Uh, but today was a good start for him with the two innings pitched. Um, following him pitching-wise, uh, Bednar looked much better today than he did on uh, Saturday with a uh, one strikeout, one walk over one inning. Uh, Jarlin Garcia also had a scoreless inning today. Kyle Nicholas had a scoreless inning today. Cam Aldred had a scoreless inning. I mean, there was a lot of scoreless innings. So the pitching has looked well, but I am going to go ahead and move on from the starting pitching real quick and also take a question that I had on Twitter earlier uh, from John Sirikowski. I believe I pronounced your last name correctly. I hope I did. Only three games into spring training, but who do you think will make the opening uh, day roster in the outfield? So if you listen to yesterday's episode with Gary and I, it was a very good episode that we had where we were talking about the Brian Reynolds contract stuff. We were talking about the start, uh, the outfield and how it's going to come together. Uh, guys that can be helped from Andrew McCutcheon and Brian Reynolds being a part of this outfield. More than likely, you're going to see a, a starting outfield of Jack Sawinski, Andrew McCutcheon, and Brian Reynolds. As far as the guys that are behind them, I think you're looking at guys like Connor Joe, just because Connor Joe, one, also can move to the infield. You're looking at a guy like Chuka Peter Marcano, who could also do make that move between the outfield and the infield. But there's a lot of names to keep track of in spring so far this year that you're going to be looking at as possibilities of making this roster. You're talking about Connor Joe. You're talking about Miguel Andujar. You're talking about Cal Mitchell. You're talking about Kanan Smith and Jigba. You're talking about Lee over Piguero and Nick Gonzalez eventually knocking on the door. There's a lot of different guys that are going to be available to this team that at the current moment might not just be set in stone. We know the starting ro or starting rotation and the starting lineup are more than likely set in stone with the likes of Key Brian Hayes, um, O'Neal Cruz, Brian Reynolds, Austin Hedges, Carlos Santana, G-Man Choi. But you have guys like Ryan Vallade who are going to be looking to make this roster. You have guys like a Malcolm Nunez who's going to be knocking on the door at first base at some point this year. Um, Travis Swaggerty, former first-round pick. A lot of people are wondering, what is going to happen with Travis Swaggerty with this big group of outfielders that the Pirates have at their disposal, including guys like G1 Bay as well? You're talking about Chavez Young, Lolo Sanchez's guys that probably won't fall into that category of knocking on the door this year, but eventually could. And you also look at just how things are going 
for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And again, we're only three games into spring training, and ultimately spring training is just a tune-up for what we're going to see. I think the importance of spring uh, spring training this year is more on the rule changes and the pitch clock and the uh, larger bases than it really is about worrying about wins and losses or worrying about any of that stuff right now. But there have been things that have been good to see. Key Brian Hayes looks like he maybe has a little bit more power to him. Rodolfo Castro, we know it's there, but can he do it consistently? You're looking at guys like Rowanzi Contreras and Mitch Keller to take that next step into this year and be aces in the rotation for this team. Now, when I say aces, I'm not saying on the level of Jacob DeGrom or Shohei Otani and stuff like that. I'm just saying guys that you know that's your one-two punch in your rotation, as will probably be the mantra for the most of the year. Meme Anner says, let's go Bucks." Of course, let's go Bucks, baby. If you guys have any questions or anything or any takeaways from the first couple of games of spring training, please let me know. We are live here on Locked on Pirates, where it is your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates every single day. And today's live edition of Locked on Pri- uh, Pirates is brought to you by Built Bar. Of course, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bars on the planet. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays and we're nearing the end of February. And I know my goal this year is still to eat a little healthier. If you're like me where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then man, I've got just the thing for you. You got to try Built. With built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, these things are so delicious, so you won't think they're good for you, but they are uh, perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes them so good? Well, for starters, they are all covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. They also only contain 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And you don't have to wait around to get a box anymore. You can go to Walmart or Sam's Club to find the built bars that you want in either a four-bar box or a 13-bar box. But if you still want to, you can order them from built.com. So make sure you check out Built Bar today, a wonderful partner of the Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Pirates. Ryan Walker is here to ask the question, will Ortiz be in Pittsburgh opening day? Ryan That is a wonderful question because I talked about it earlier with the takeaways that I had for the first couple games. And Ortiz and uh, Mitch Keller both were big takeaways for me, mainly because both of them looked good, albeit in only two innings. But Luis Ortiz is a guy that you look at where he sits right now and you look at where the starting rotation sits now and you're looking at. Rowanzi Contreras, you're looking at a Mitch Keller, Rich Hill, JT Brubaker, all those guys are going to probably be there. What do they do with Vince Velasquez? Do they make him a starter as the fifth starter or do they move him to the bullpen? I think if Velasquez moves to the bullpen, that opens things up a little bit more for you for the likes of a uh, Luis Ortiz or a Johan Oviedo or a even Quinn Priester or Mike Burrows at that point. I think Mike Burrows and Quinn Priester would be a little bit farther down the line, but I think his biggest competitor is Johan Oviedo for Luis Ortiz to be on the opening day roster. The more likely option, I think, is that he does start at AAA Indianapolis, but we will wait and see how that all goes. But if he continues to have starts and appearances this spring that look like they did today, I really think it'll be hard for um, 
Luis Ortiz not to be here in Pittsburgh, but I can see a world where he is, and I can see a world where he's not. Uh, Memeinator is back saying, will Keller make an all-star game this year? As you could tell, I'm on the Keller hype train, as a lot of people should be. Mitch Keller looked very good in that Saturday game against Toronto. Uh, of course, two innings of shutout baseball. As far as him making the all-star game, I do think that's a considerable jump from what we've seen from Mitch Keller. Um, Because let's remember, last year, if Mitch Keller didn't do well, you were talking about Oscar Marin being gone. He was out by, by pitching coach. Mitch Keller, though, last year definitely took that step forward from what we were expecting him to be a very long time ago. And the reason I bring that up, is because now that you've seen three or four years of Mitch Keller and you've seen what he can do in the minors, you've seen the whole story. He could get there. Do I think it happens this year? Probably not. Do I think Mitch Keller has a sub 3.5 ERA this year? That is in the cards. Can he get a uptick in his strikeout rate? Can he get an uptick in strikeouts? Can he bring the home run ball down? The home run give up percentage. Can he bring the walks down? Can he just take everything and put it in the right direction where it needs to go? That is something that I think we need to watch because if Mitch Keller continues to get better, which I think will happen, I do think he's figured it out, you're eventually going to have to think about the idea of an extension for Mitch Keller, which again, if you listen to me and Gary's episode yesterday on Gary Morgan Monday, they're still figuring out the Reynolds thing. But just if they do figure out the Brian Reynolds extension situation, don't think there aren't other players that the Pirates are talking to probably. Mitch Keller being of one of them of the most importance. Because if Mitch Keller has a very, very good 2023, be whatever that you want you think that is. Let's just say Mitch Keller has a phenomenal 2023 and you look at him and let's say actually to go on the track of your question. Let's say he makes the All-Star game. Does he price himself out of Pittsburgh at that point? I want to ask you guys that question for everybody that's here. Does Mitch Keller price himself out of Pittsburgh if he has a phenomenal 2023 and makes the All-Star game without an extension? Because that's something that is a real possibility for Mitch Keller. Because let's also remind ourselves that Mitch Keller is not very old. It might seem like he is based off of everything that we have seen him do. But Mitch Keller is not very old, folks. He's not. I mean, the guy debuted in 2019. He's still very young. He's only 26. (laughs) If he hits the open market... Not this year, obviously. He still has control, obviously. But there are going to be talks about an extension for Mitch Keller. And I'm glad you brought that up because if he makes the All-Star game and has a phenomenal year, it gets real interesting in terms of the idea of having Mitch Keller here long-term. Rowanzi Contreras, if he continues to improve and play on that caliber level, same thing. Luis Ortiz and Johan Oviedo, same deal. Should we be on the Dylan Cruz hype train, says Ryan Walker. I like what I see from him. 
Um, not a big college baseball guy. I'll be completely honest. Um, but from what I have seen and have heard from Dylan Cruz, you look at the current situation the Pirates are in, and a guy like Dylan Cruz, to me, from what I've heard from people, is a guy that can debut two years after he's drafted, much like we're talking about with uh, Henry Davis. But there's a real idea that so much can change from now until then that if you were if, if the draft was tomorrow, Ryan, let's say that if the draft was tomorrow, Dylan Cruz is probably the number one pick for the Pirates, especially if this Brian Reynolds situation doesn't get figured out. I know you don't draft for need in the MLB draft like hardly ever. You're always looking to draft um, the best players available. But I do think Dylan Cruz at the current moment is the best possible player for the Pirates number one overall. But there is a lot that can change with that over time. Um, David also brings up horrible ball game nightmare in the middle of the Dodgers game uh, yesterday after Gavin Lux uh, ankle devastatingly twisted. Yeah, I did see that and I am hoping he's okay. Um, it was just one of those unfortunate situations where he was trying to actually be safe with how he was playing and dodge a baseball. I don't know if everybody else has seen that. Um, his, his leg just went one way and he went the other. It looks like his season's probably done. Um, I didn't really see what the, um, I didn't really see what the specifics on the injury were, but I hope he has a speedy recovery. Uh, Meminator says, I'd say Keller gets priced out unless he wants to really stay here, but who knows? But right now I think he's very affordable. Oh yeah, he's affordable right now. If I, if I was the, the Pirates, I would I would attempt him right now. But obviously they're attempting Brian Reynolds first. And again, that's just the nature of baseball's financial system and how the Pirates are right now. Uh, Mike, thank you for uh, confirming that, that Lux tore his ACL and he's out for the year. God, that sucks, dude. I am actually kind of a Gavin Lux fan. Um, I remember uh, when the Pirates were trading with the Dodgers. I forget who we were dealing. I think it might have been to uh, Tony Watson that I wanted him, but we got O'Neill Cruz, so not going to complain too much. Uh, Mike also says Brian Reynolds will be dealt from what I'm hearing. I just genuinely think that if he was going to be dealt, it would have happened by now. I think that is completely off the table as of where we're at right now. Now, if an extension doesn't get done before spring, then when the trade deadline comes around, I think you're really looking at something like that. Just at this current moment, I don't think it's happening. I think they have every intention of going into 2023 with Brian Reynolds on this team. And ultimately, with the extension stuff, as I said with Gary yesterday, they're not forced to trade him. He's here until 2025. And Brian Reynolds is not the kind of guy that's just going to sit around and not play baseball for three years. Pirates tell him, we're not trading you. You're going to hit the open market in 25? Cool. That's just the end of that. Brian Reynolds stays here through that time period? That's that. But I still uh, err on the side of caution that we just really don't know. Um, who knows if the agents have talked, who knows if the team has talked with his agents since being in Bradenton, nobody really knows. Um, but I would expect that we will hear a little bit about it before the end of spring, but I'm not a breaking news guy. I'm not going to break news to you guys ever. 
So this is not who I am. I give the best news last. That's how I say. Um, Mike, you also think they're looking around the deadline. I'm just not sure. It's really just, it's a weird situation because how do you value Brian Reynolds? That's the biggest question. The guy still has three years of team control. Two going after next year if you're getting him at the deadline. So about two and a quarter. It's interesting. And obviously I think it would be kind of like an NBA kind of deal where if he is traded, there would be the intention that he would sign an extension with that team that he's traded to. Now, that would be awkward if he, if we traded him somewhere and he didn't get an extension done there, but there's a lot of uh, layers to that. But as far as more takeaways from the spring training games, guys, uh, do you guys have any takeaways from what we've seen so far? Uh, of course, we've seen the likes of Key Brian Hayes and Rodolfo Castro have some success. We've seen Mitch Keller and Luis Ortiz have some success. David Bednar looked much better today. Um, JT Brubaker looked pretty good. Uh, over his innings that he had. Jarlin Garcia uh, looked okay. Uh, J.C. Flowers, actually, or is it J.C. Flowers? Uh, Hunter Stratton had a terrible game. John Flowers, there we go. Um, There's been some interesting stuff that we've seen. And again, also thought it was pretty funny today that we got no umpires in that final half inning. That was pretty uh, good stuff. And uh, if you guys are also wondering, I'm sure you know, of course, the Pirates kick off the month of March playing the Tigers tomorrow. which or it says off. I don't know if that means like they're not playing it. Um, I'm not sure what that means. Uh, I think they are playing it though. Uh, and then Thursday they have the Yankees. Friday or Thursday they have the Yankees and the Blue Jays. So it's a split um, split day. They have the Orioles again on Friday and the Phillies again on Saturday. So that rounds out the week for what we see from the Pittsburgh Pirates. But if you guys have any takeaways, please let me know. I love hearing the thoughts of you guys and how you're viewing everything with spring training so far. And I wanted to go live today just because I didn't really have much on my mind. Uh, Some cool news today about A.J. Burnett and Russell Martin. They will be throwing out uh, the first pitch of opening day for Pittsburgh. Uh, Justice De Los Santos uh, actually got to talk to them, and Russell Martin said, it's going to be fun unless he throws me a curveball. Burnett says, first of all, the first thing Russ texted me was, please do not throw me a curveball. So uh, I'm fully expecting A.J. Burnett to throw Russell Martin a curveball on opening day. So that'll be fun. Um, Again, I'm just happy baseball is back. Uh, This is going to be a fun year. At Locked On Pirates, we're going to have Gary on Mondays. We're going to have Craig on Thursdays. So that'll be some uh, good stuff for you guys content-wise. We're going to probably be bringing back um, Mailbag Wednesdays. So that'll be a very fun thing to do. We have 10 people in here, by the way. Thank you guys so much. But uh, we're probably bringing back Mailbag Wednesdays this year uh, This year again also. You guys seem to enjoy dropping questions on me and having a good time. Uh, Fridays, I think we're going to have like a feel good Friday kind of thing this year. I'm just working out something for content, which you guys can also let me know as well. Content wise, what you'd like to see to where we have kind of just like a, a, a good schedule going where it's like Gary, we have on Mondays, Craig, we have on Thursdays and then Tuesday, Wednesday and Friday, we can come up with something like a mailbag Wednesday, I think is a great idea. I think feel good Friday could be something that we do. Um, I know some people have pitched in the past about flashback Friday. I just, 
I, I don't really want to get into flashback Fridays. Just not really my thing. Uh, two top 10 prospects in that team's organization and one or two in the 11 to 20s. Are you talking about the Pirates, Mike? Or are you talking about Baltimore? Because I know Baltimore has Gunnar Henderson and then Adley Rushman debuted last year. So that would make sense if you were talking about Baltimore. I don't think Pittsburgh, not that high. I think Termar Johnson is our highest uh, highest rated prospect. And Dave White is here. He's always here. Uh, great to see you live, Ethan. Was in Pooler today. Things are always going on in Pooler, Georgia. Uh, I try to stay away from there as much as possible <laughs> just because there's a lot going on over there. Um, nice to also see uh, Jason Mackey um, <laughs> throwing uh, with a video today with Rich Hill throwing his vaunted curveball to O'Neal Cruz. Uh, Brian Epps asks, why do you think, uh, who do you think will get the final bench spots? Marcano, Smith and Jigba, Cal Mitchell, question mark, et cetera. It really just matters what they want to do in terms of making out the bench. I think G1 Bay will definitely be there. I also think Cal or Connor Joe will be there. Cal Mitchell just concerns me because his defense is not that great. <laughs> uh, the bat is somewhat there. I just don't think he has enough power for what kind of player he is. So that bothers me. I'd say Connor Joe, Jiwon Bay, Marcano, and another outfielder depending on who plays the best in spring training. So Kane Smith and Jigba, Ryan Valade, stuff like that. That's what I would expect. Meemanator says, I love Pirates baseball too. Let's get it. Uh, let's go. I'm getting ready uh, for the season. Let's go Bucks. And I love these calm spring training games where the win is not on the line. It's just watching baseball. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I overanalyze everything, sadly. So, Spring training is still even a little bit much for me in terms of, oh, yeah, like I'm not supposed to be overanalyzing this. I'm supposed to be just enjoying it, uh, which I was hoping I was going to be getting to go down to spring training this year. I just don't know if it's going to be in the cards. Uh, Mike Benko says Big Russ coming back is great. Oh, yeah, dude. Russell Martin and A.J. Burnett, freaking awesome. Um, any last thoughts, guys, on the things we've seen so far from spring training? Any last questions before I end this episode today on Tuesday, February 28th? I, again, I love when you guys do the uh, do these things. Brian says, I agree um, on your take on Mitchell. Reminds me of Travis Snyder. That's, wow. That's a name I haven't heard in a while. Has pop in the bat, but never really turns heads. Wow. Yeah, and I again, I think it also just gets interesting with Mitchell when you're looking at all these outfielders. If you have to play him defensively, where do you put him? I mean, you can't put him in center. Can't put him in right. Maybe left field, but even in left field, he struggles defensively. I just don't, I don't see it. Um, Mike says, next thing outside of Reynolds' deal is getting Dave Parker, <laughs> Rangers prospects. I mean, I like what the Rangers have over there. I just, I don't know how much they're willing to move on from if we trade them Reynolds, which I just don't think Reynolds is being dealt. Been on that train for a while. Any last thoughts or questions, guys?
Oh yeah, their 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 organization is great. By the way, uh, if you guys are fans of Locked On, go follow Bryce Patrick of Locked On Rangers. He does a phenomenal job. And if you want, I mean, sure he'd be fine with getting Brian Reynolds. Just tell him what prospects we want. <laughs> Just tell him what prospects we want, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into this live episode of Locked On Pirates today. You guys are always amazing. We will be back tomorrow, and of course, five days a week through now until November. So it's going to be a fun time being a fan of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked on Pirates for all of your news coverage and analysis of the Pittsburgh Pirates the entire year. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Have a wonderful rest of your Tuesday evening, and I'll see you on the flip side.